You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here on the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Friday, October 15th. 2021 and on today's show it is part three of my conversation with Matt Wyrick about what the Nationals should do this offseason. I'll have a recap of this week's news uh, on a weekend episode slash early next week. But for today, we're going to have part three of my conversation with Matt Wyrick about what the Nationals should do in the offseason. We really focus on pitching today. And add the additional pieces, you know, in the next offseason in the lineup, big tweaks. I think maybe the idea of, hey, there's no need to spend a lot of money uh, if we know the team can't be competitive because the pitching is so bad. Well, I think the the big years that you have to, to hone in on right now are 2022 through 2024 in terms mm-hmm. of their spending because they're going to be paying 55 plus million to Scherzer or Strasburg and Corbin combined each of those years with yeah. it progressively getting more uh, because of the way Corbin's contract is structured. So it, rough, it's not, it, it's, I know, I know. So <laughs> with those three years in mind, you know, technically Soto would not have to be extended in those years. Now he is obviously already been through his first year of arbitration. He's got three more year to go, years to go. So he is going to be expensive uh, over that span, regardless of whether or not he gets an extension. Like we saw with Bryce Harper uh, over the last couple of years of his rookie contract with the Nationals, you know, his contract just got, uh, absurdly expensive, and they actually agreed to a deal at the end uh, to avoid arbitration in the last two years, uh, and to give him, uh, you know, set salaries going into the final two years of that contract. I don't know if Soto is going to be a guy that will do that, but um, I, I do think that if you are a fan who wants the Nationals to go out and sign a big contract, you have to think about, you know, where these dollars are being allocated and what the Nationals' right. history of allocating big dollars to these contracts are. You know, they've they've typically had three big contracts on their their uh team at one time you know it was for a while it was uh scherzer and worth and zimmerman uh then you had strasburg's extension the first one which was relatively team friendly compared to what how you know he was pitching and, and the kind of the market rate for top arms at the time uh but now you have uh strasburg making even more than scherzer was uh and corbin uh who's about in that original strasburg deal range in terms of year-to-year salary uh, and now you'll have Soto making your this money uh, that he's going to be making. It's already going to be over $10 million next year, and, and who knows what it will be uh, by the final year of his arbitration. So uh, where the Nationals allocate those dollars compared to you know having these young guys, they've gone young, which is good. Those are cheap players, uh, so they can afford maybe to, to splurge on you know one or two bigger-name guys. But if you do do that, you really have to hit on them. You know, the, the Nationals were the competitive Nationals that they were for the second half of of the 2010s decade uh, because Max Scherzer's contract is one of the greatest free agent signings in MLB history. You know, that in and of itself enabled the Nationals to do so much because that wasn't wasted dollars. They didn't have any major contract uh, that really went into bad money. The Nationals, you know, if you even can count Corbin as a bad contract, which I know is is kind of a debate because of what he did in the World Series in 2019. Um, But I, I would say where it is right now, it's a bad contract. This is the first bad contract they've had, you know, I guess you can throw Strasburg in there too now with you know, having barely that, seen him. That, that one, <laughs> I just, I don't buy it though. Cause it's like, you know, you, they had to do it. 
And well, also, injury, they would have signed Rendon not, if not Strasburg, and and he hasn't exactly been you know great. Right, either, and, so. and here's the here's thing: is like you're gonna be you're always gonna go with the guy. This we see this in football. We talked about this before, but like you always go with the guy you drafted, right? I mean, he yeah. he was the crown crown jewel uh, of the Nationals' entire franchise at that point. It's the best draft pick they've ever had um, to that point, and he manifested it with a World Series MVP. I mean, what are you not going to resign the guy? Right. Yeah, and it, I mean, and it, and it felt like it was time, you know, I, I said before the season, like I, I thought one of the storylines of the year, and this just, you know, shows you what a dumbass I am was going to be that Steven Strasburg was going to overtake Max Scherzer kind of as the, as, as the guy, right. As, as, cause we've, I mean, he's got that kind of ability. He just does. We've seen it before. Um, Dumb for me for doubting Max. Uh, it wasn't really doubting. I was just saying Steven was so believing good. in Strauss. Yeah. yeah. Believing in Strauss. And, this kind of brings to the pitching part. You know, this is kind of what I want to uh, kind of finish our, our conversation here. So you talk about the big contracts and the nationals rotations have always been built off of guys that aren't their own. Right. It really feels like you even go back to like a, you know, a Doug Fister, right? Actually it feels like not screwed, not their own. It feels like it was built off players who pitched for the Detroit Tigers, right? Jordan Zimmerman, uh, Anibal Sanchez, uh, you know, Doug Fister, Max Scherzer. Scherzer yep. uh, you know, it feels like th- that's kind of, but you know what I'm saying is, you know, that's that's what they built. John Lester, right? It feels like they they built their rotations on that. Um, heading into 2021, with the money stuff in mind, I think the goal is, you know, like, I think they're going to give Josh Rogers another crack. I think, I, I think that makes sense because you've got him um, – also, when did they acquire him? I love it. When, when, did, when did that happen? Because it was a waiver claim. I think it was in um, early August. Right. Uh, and that was, he was cut by the Orioles. Right. I was like, man, I saw this guy pitching on the other Masson the other day. Why is he, <laughs> why is he now on our Masson? Um, he's got plenty of, he's got plenty of team control, right? And he's, he's, I think he's actually, might, he might be arbitration. I'll have to go uh, over that. Um, he's hitting arbitration yeah, this year. Eric Fetty is, I think, definitely going to be part of the rotation next year. Um, you could argue maybe he deserved. He had. He's got to be more consistent, but I actually think there's a chance that like he does like work that out because it feels like now he's kind of almost a full time starter and he's gotten used to that. So I think he's got to be there. Obviously, Corbin and Strasburg. Um, Joe Ross's time frame is up in the air, but like I would, there's no need to go out and spend any money on a starter this offseason, in my opinion. Like there is no. There's no rush on that. I think the goal is to bring Cavalli and, and Rutledge along, see where they are, and then see which guys out of the remaining, you know, guys, the remaining dudes you have left, you want to be almost like what they're doing with the infield. See which one of those guys, those of those guys you want to maybe be part of your rotation in the future, and and go from there. And if there's a bargain to be had in the pitching department, a multi-year bargain. Not saying don't go in that direction, but I, I would say that for them, you know. Um, you need to sign one or two arms, nothing too expensive, because we saw this year how that, that can really spiral out of control really quickly <laughs> um, with the starting the starting pitching because, you know, injuries just happen. It's, it's, it's part of baseball. But I would not go too crazy on that. And I would really, once again, I think next year is a huge evaluation year. And I think the same should be said for the rotation. I think the same should be said for guys like Rogers and Fetty. Maybe you give, I don't know, both another shot. Um, Joe Ross, hope we get it back in there. But those are guys who all I think could argue could vie for a back end rotation spot. Eventually, the Nationals build their ideal rotation. Quick pause in the action on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And right now, you can check out all of their fla- flavors. 
available at built.com. Coconut, cherry bar chia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. They've got 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calorie ranges from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Go to built.com today. It's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15LOCK15. You'll get 15% off at built. 15% off at Coming into this offseason, I think that only three pitchers have an assured spot in the Nationals rotation next year, and that's Strasburg, if healthy. That's Corbin, and that's Josiah Gray. I think those are the three. Yeah, I totally forgot about them. <laughs> definitely, definitely a major factor for them. Yes. Uh, but I think it's those three that you can say, with, you know, if, if Strasburg is healthy, the three of them will be in the rotation. And Strasburg might not be supposed to be ready for spring training, but obviously that's going to be something we're going to be monitoring over the offseason. Um, beyond them, Joe Ross had a partially torn UCL uh, down the stretch last year, was shut down for the year, uh, and is arbitration eligible this year. I think he is a uh, candidate to be non-tendered. Uh, the Nationals could bring him back on a cheaper deal. Uh, you know, he I think he made 1.7 million last year, so yeah, they may just want to sub two, yeah, yeah, some something bring him back for a little bit cheaper could make sense. Um, but then you have guys like Paolo Espino, so th- those were the four. If they do bring back Ross, that's four. And then you Can have we not Paolo do Paolo Espino again, like, but that's the I, thing. Just I, as candidates, candidates. Right, I'm not saying like, that you know. I'm not saying to you, but like in in general, like the Nationals, like we. Can we probably not... wrote a, a bullpen arm coming in next right year. exactly like, like which I go... also think is going to be the case for Fetty uh, right because you are going to have Fetty you're going to have Espino you're going to have Josh Rogers you have your your big three pitching prospects down in the minor leagues in Cade Cavalli Jackson Rutledge and Cole Henry uh, and I think you can also throw Gerardo Carrillo in there uh, who was acquired in the Turner Scherzer deal from the Dodgers came up uh, he went straight into double A for the Nationals, had a six ERA over a handful of starts. So, you know, he's not necessarily close to making the majors right now. Um, but I do think he's a candidate uh, to be in there. You have Josh Rogers. Uh, you know, I think that they go out and at least get one veteran arm who can give you steady innings. I don't think that the Nationals are going to be giving any yes. big money uh, yes. to any pitchers this offseason. Robbie Ray, Marcus Stroman, sorry. They're not going to be coming to D.C. this offseason. It's just not the right timing because you need to know what you have in Strasburg and Corbin. And you are going into next year with the expectation that they're going to be in your your, your rotation uh, as 30 start guys. Then you need to see them go out and do it. And if they're not going to do it, then you're going to know that those are wasted dollars and you might need to overcompensate by spending you know money elsewhere. Or you might think, you know, they both have good years next year and you're all of a sudden in a position where you don't need to splurge on a starter and then you can go in on the lineup or the bullpen or something like that. So I would fully expect the Nationals to go for some one year deal type player, uh, somebody who they can kind of insert in, uh, you know, rely on to give them six John innings Lester. every turn. <laughs> That's what's exactly what he's supposed to be. And I will say I was ex- somebody who very much harped on that uh, when they signed him. I said, look, they, they weren't yeah, signing him, you know, because it came down to uh, him and Corey Kluber. Kluber, the Nationals attended his uh, workout uh, before he signed with the Yankees. And, you know, a lot of Nats fans were clamoring for them to sign Kluber uh, because of his upside. And, uh, you know, I, I made the the claim back at the time. I said, you know, Lester isn't coming for upside. He's coming because he can give you five to they six just innings. one way, Kluber's well, going the other. That, that yeah. was the deal with him. Well, I mean, Kluber turned out to be, you know, a bit of a, a question mark with his injuries and, and right. everything there. But he did throw a no-hitter this year. So, although right. it seems like everybody had some, threw a no-hitter. He had a really good stretch uh, yeah. earlier on the season before his injury. And, for you know, for the for on, on kind of like this pitching front, like next year is really important that they – and 
I, they tried their best with Strasburg to take as much time as possible. Still just didn't work out. The, the goal is next year they have to get that right. And I think they're going to have plenty of time to do it. Um, I will say this. So on the Marcus Stroman front, because I, I absolutely love him. I think he is. Me too. I, I think he's basically a – he doesn't have the stuff that Max Scherzer has, but as like a competitive, he is a small Max Scherzer. He really is. That guy is a horse. Think about how many injuries the Mets had this year. And think about how steady – I mean, I don't think Marcus Stroman – he didn't miss many starts this year. And he was really strong. Um, did not get any run support. But talking about like what type of pitcher the Nationals need, they need somebody to eat the innings. So I'm not saying go and grab Marcus Stroman. It's not what I'm saying. Um, but like you need to you need to go find guys that you know are going to be in the rotation. You guys you can depend on because you know how many different guys started games and that's this year. You know they 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 had all kinds of combinations out there and and um, to start the year at the end. I mean, think about it this way, you know, Matt, they, they had what four guys at the end of the year starting games that were either not on the team or not part of the rotation to start off the year. I mean, Fetty was not in the rotation. Oh, he ended up being, but it was the plan was not for him to be in, in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, Josiah Gray was on a different team, right? Josh Rogers was on a different team to start the season. Um, trying to think of uh, Paul Espino. They, that was not the plan, my friends. That was not that was not the plan. Guy's thirty two years old, I think. Was it thirty two? Got his first major league win this year, and so that's the that's the thing for them is like if you're going to acquire guys and I think they one or two, make sure they are guys that you feel comfortable with that can eat the innings because that's what they need. Because I think one part of this team will finish up now at the bullpen. Matt is that they they dipped into this pen early in the season. They they really that was something that, that Dave Martinez talked about a lot of the year was how much they used their bullpen and how bad it was. Now it was hilarious because you'd hear him make the comments publicly. And then the next day it was like, you know, it was almost like he didn't even say it because they would dip right back into the bullpen of the fifth inning the next day. But that is something they need to do. Cause if they want to shore up this bullpen, it actually kind of does start with the starting pitching, right? They, they, they need guys to get through five and six so then they can figure out, all right, what combination of four or five guys can we actually use in the back end as opposed to having to use, Six guys, right, in the game. Because there, there are some games where it's like a Machado, Baldonado, uh, Thompson, uh, you know, uh, Finnegan. And you've seen all those guys, you know, swear all of them are on there. They can't be doing that as often. So I think – would you agree with the idea that maybe building the pen almost kind of starts building the rotation first? Yeah, you know, just to know, you know, how much you can depend on these pitchers to go deeper into games, you know, that's going to be really important. I think that the Nationals are going to need – at least one, maybe two veteran relievers added to this this core. You know, we we have a lot of names that I think the Nationals want to see what they have in them, and that's going to take, you know, putting them out there in, in tough situations. But you can ease these guys into it. I mean, guys like Mason Thompson and Patrick right. Murphy and Gabe Klobisitz, Andreas Machado, you know, guys who showed promise in certain stretches last year who also just would unravel, uh, you know, not to mention Tanner Rainey, who is just, you know, who the hell knows we don't even know what to do uh, with him or wander suero at this point um you know two guys that that the nationals really had high hopes for that just just couldn't do it at all last year so uh you know i think all of those guys are going to get chances a a major league bullpen is not consisted of eight guys over the course of a full season it's consisted of like 15 uh so you know whoever you can have in the minor leagues (laughs) i think it's going to come down to who has options honestly as to who starts the the season in the minors next year and who's in the majors uh and, and then the nationals kind of fill in with some uh, you know, start the year with some more veterans uh, in the, the back end of the bullpen to take the pressure off. And then, 
as things develop and, and players start to emerge as, as perhaps reliable arms, then you start giving them more opportunities and we, we kind of see how that works. But, you know, I think, I think the big thing for the Nationals this whole offseason, you know, from the rotation to the bullpen to, to the, the infield and the outfield, it's, it's one-year deals. Uh, yeah. I really, I, I might, I could see them signing one player to a multi-year contract, uh, which is actually something they did not do last offseason. They didn't sign anybody to multi-year contracts. They acquired Josh Bell, who had two years on his deal, so you could count that if you want. But, uh, you know, other than that, it was all one-year deals, and I think we're going to see a whole lot of that from them again this winter. One more pause for the cause on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. You've got playoff uh, baseball right now, NFL, college football. Everything's going on. You can find all the action at BetOnline.ag. They've got a new, nice interface. It's easy to find everything, easy to interact there. And if you go there today and you use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get a 50% deposit bonus today at betonline.ag. Once again, use that promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. I agree, because the goal, and once again, it goes back to this, like, they they are going to, we, basically the goal here is to find a core, right? The goal of this next season is to find a group of individuals uh, that you feel comfortable building a competitive team around. That is the goal, in my opinion. Now, in the bullpen part of this, kind of put a bow on this conversation. Like, no Brad Hands. No, we're not doing that. And I think I think Mike Rizzo knows that. No Will Harris's. And it didn't really it doesn't really worked out. Um, Give me like some, Adam Adovino, you yeah, know, like, or you need, um, Mike Kendall Graveman. You need the guys that you know. Here, and here, this is what makes really pitching such a crapshoot, but like. You need to find your Paul Seawalds. You know what I mean? You have to find – and I think Kyle Finnegan was, is a good example of one of those guys, right? Of a guy that – I forgot how they acquired him, but it was a guy that hadn't seen much time. Finnegan had not played in the major leagues. He right. Was, was he a Twins guy? He uh, he was the A's, I A's? believe. I'm twins to... was Ryan Harper. Ryan um, Harper, right. It was Finnegan was down. the A's, I think. And then, you know, guys like – like Sam Clay's the opposite of this, but you have to find those guys that you can hit on. And – you know, they're not like uh, – I was talking to somebody else the day that mentioned Aaron Loop. They're not going to get Aaron Loop. They're not. No, I mean, it would be nice to have a guy like that because if you're like, hey, finally we had, there's at least one inning you're like, I'm not, you know, crapping bricks, worried about the bullpen. But that's not happening. That's not a good use of resources. And I think also about the, after this after this Brad Hand situation, like the Nats can have Brad Hand next year for a very low, low price uh, after paying $10 million for him. just shows you it's not always a smart – endeavor to go out and pay those because once again it's just such a it's such a um year to year thing yeah yeah it's 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 relief pitching is like this it's it's unreal it really is uh, there's no other position in sports uh where you see guys i mean the highs and the lows are just all over the place but no high-end acquisitions in that regard but you have to i mean you once again adam Bonavino, you do have to focus on building up maybe with a couple proven guys and then have Mm -hmm. to find the right guys to take shots with i do think and then you can trade him at the deadline if if right. you're, you're really out of contention. Mason Thompson's the one guy. Mason Thompson's the one guy that I like a lot. Um, gotta we gotta we gotta develop the pitch arsenal a little bit there. We can't just be throwing sinkers the entire time. Yes, we, we gotta get more pitches in the. Uh, I know he's got somebody's working on him, but he is. I think right now he and Finnegan are the guys that I really like. And off of that, I think we need to find somebody who's um, to compliment them. Maybe not one of those flamethrowers, right? Because both those guys throw pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I think the next goal is to maybe find a guy who's a bit more fun. I don't know, maybe maybe Paulo Espino is a guy that you can 
maybe give an inning too late in the game as a change of pace between those two guys. I don't know. But that I think he's to gonna me, be the more of a bridge guy in general, yeah, which right. is gonna be important next year with especially if we see guys like Cade Cavalli and Rutledge or whoever, you know, come up mid season. Uh, you know, those are guys that aren't gonna be dependent on for innings. It's going to be, you know, give everything right. you got for four. Uh, Shane McClanahan's a great example of that. Shane McClanahan was a guy yep. this year that was like, I think they started off doing like one and two innings. It was like two, three, you know, mm-hmm. four innings at most. So yeah, they've got, and I know we've covered a lot of ground. Sean Nolan's in this whole picture too. We haven't mentioned him. That's right. Yeah. They've, they've got a lot of options. And also like, you know, it, well, it would shock me if Wander Suero pitched well next year, but like, you know, Gabe Klobosic could come back and have a really nice year after he Patrick had Murphy. Meet. That's my guy. Patrick Murphy's your uh, guy. That's my Is pick that, to click. There you go. Um, that's that's the part they have to get right because you believe they lost 42 games. Like it doesn't matter who's in the lineup for you. It does not matter who is hitting for you. Um losing 42 games out of your bullpen, you're not I mean, you could have the Dodgers lineup and you're the Dodgers if they if they had the Nats bullpen, they would be I mean, I, I don't know where they'd be this year. You know, the Padres just, would have been a lot more in it. Let's just put yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, I, I think the Nationals are in a like once again. This is this is not a sport to Matt that re, that rewards impatience, right? That's not what this sport does. It does not reward impatience, and so for the Nationals, just know that's not you know if they don't get the big name guys, don't be upset. Do not be upset. That's what I tell Nats fans this offseason. Yeah, you know it's it's a year. It's going to be a prove it year for the Nationals, and I think that it's going to be like you said, uh, where you're finding out your core. Uh, you know, who are the guys that you are going to be able to stick with and move forward with moving forward? Uh, you know, Mike Rizzo has talked uh, a little bit about it where, you know, he says, you know, we we have a mold that, that we have followed and we, we followed it back when we built this organization from the ground up a decade ago. Uh, and it was that we acquired a bunch of younger players or high draft picks uh, and we gave them an opportunity to play. And when we felt the team was ready, we we, we went into free agency and we made signings that we felt we're kind of the finishing pieces uh, for this team. So, you know, I don't think we're in a situation where the Nationals need to go out and get an Eric Hosmer, right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. where you, you know, you have a bunch of young guys up, but you have no veterans uh, in there. You know, Juan Soto is that guy in-house that you're already building with. You have uh, veterans in Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin who are signed to, to major contracts. And, you know, what their, their play is next year will determine just how quickly this rebuild slash retool can take. Uh, you know, but I, I think overall, uh, you know, I wouldn't expect the Nationals to be major players in free agency, though. I do think that they'll kick the tires on a few guys. Well, I, yeah. I, I could see them signing one multi-year deal. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Matt, what are you working on right now? Uh, I am currently working on the Nats offseason checklist uh, and whether or not they should extend Josh Bell. So, you know, these two topics we've hit on today, I'll be diving into it a little bit more over the course of this week. So uh, stay on tune for that at NBCSportsWashington.com. No coverage of the sad, sad Washington football team from you? I mean, I pitch in here and there, but we've got uh, more qualified people uh, to do that, which is good. I'm actually a Saints fan, so I actually took uh, that, a lot of joy in how I'll tell you what, this week. I can tell you that that game was going to be absolutely stupid because whenever you get like Heineke versus, versus Jameis Winston was going to be a lot of bad decision-making. It was just a matter of uh, who would capitalize the bad decisions. That Jameis one where it was, where it was the – the interception, the touchdown, fumble, and then the Hail Mary in the half. It's just like this. I you see I love all the Winston. highs and lows from him. <laughs> I love Jameis Winston. I actually wish he was on Washington. I kind of wish he was Washington's quarterback, to be honest. Uh, all right, Matt. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. 
All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. We'll have uh, more on the coach movements of the Nationals coming up here pretty short on the show. So make sure you guys stay tuned to your podcast feeds for that. And as always, until next time, my friends, stay safe.